I'm Dana Lloyd. Welcome to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast, where you will be inspired and empowered to connect more deeply with your authentic self as we explore topics of personal development, leadership, and spirituality. Your journey to your most authentic self starts right now. Melissa Wright is an award-winning teacher and author of the book Inspired, Moments That Matter. Today we talk about leadership and how she impacts climate and culture in her school environment. Teachers are leaders and what she shares about leadership is what we can all practice inside our families, organizations and communities. You will be inspired by this amazing teacher. Melissa Wright, welcome to Soul Sister Conversations. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here this morning. No, well, I'm happy to uh, meet and talk with you in this way. And um, first of all, congratulations on being the first Canadian inducted into Jostin's Renaissance Hall of Fame. And this is not the first award you have received. Uh, you've received a few awards in the past, and, you know, li- list of recognitions behind your name as an educator. And also congrats on launching your new book, Inspire, which I'll be getting a copy of this afternoon. Uh, and we'll be talking about that in a minute. But let's chat about who you are, your award and the meeting behind behind it. So you are a mathematics teacher and a dance teacher at KVHS, but a passionate educator who strives to make all the students feel welcome and safe. Um, What inspired you to become a teacher? Uh, Well, like many others, I've had that one teacher in my life, shout out to Heather Malco, um, that made all the difference for me. She was my grade 10 French teacher and uh, came in partway through the year as someone had gone out on leave. So you know, it's difficult, you know, to, to come in as a teacher into a new building, let alone halfway through a year and pick up where somebody else had left off. So she did that ever so gracefully and um, was someone I looked up to tremendously. And in grade 12, encouraged me to uh, run for student council president. I had been involved in student council for many years before that, but she was also part of it and encouraged me to, to get involved. And I was uh, lucky enough to be chosen and had that wonderful experience of of working with her and it really has come uh, full circle because we now both work together on the New Brunswick Student Leadership Association. So it's it's really neat that she is the person that helped started my leadership journey and she's still on the journey uh, with me. So she inspired me to be a teacher. She was my French teacher, but I took the path of math. So, um, which I really, really love math. And I've been a teacher at KVHS uh, for this just finished year 17. Hard to believe it's been, uh, been that long, but I really do uh, love what I do. I love uh, KVHS and all you know that it has to offer to our students because I think that's one of the biggest things is is offering as much variety as we possibly can because there needs to be something for everybody, right? Because not mm. not everybody has the same the same interests, right? So, and that's the wonderful thing about the size of our school that we're able to do that. Um, when I was at KVHS, I was so well actually in my teaching internship. I saw Jocelyn's Renaissance in action at my high school that I attended as a student and Heather was still there. And she said, you know, if you had, we had had this when you were a student, I think you would have really loved it. And boy, was she ever right. (laughs) Um, So, you know, if you're not for the listeners that may not be familiar with Jocelyn's Renaissance, what it is, it, it's basically a program that, and I hate to call it a program because it's not like a laid out program. What it looks like at, at my school could be completely different than what it looks like somewhere else because you tailor it to what your school uh, needs and values. So, for example, you might look at your uh, for us when we first started, we looked at the school population and said, OK, you know, 
something that we really want to work on is getting students to class on time. So we developed an initiative. They were called hit and runs where we, the team would choose a section of the school. The students would know we'd go, you know, a few minutes into class with the music blaring and we'd have a treat for the whole class. And we'd go to the door. Was everybody on time? If they were the whole class would get a treat. And if not, we'd say thank you and move on. Now, that's not something that we do today because now that is established as something in our culture that we go to class on time. So mm. we, you know, it's going to evolve and change over time. And that's the wonderful thing about it. So, you know, I've been involved. I went to a workshop at the end of my first year and I'm so thankful for those of you that may be local and know Bob Monroe, who used to be the principal at KVHS many moons ago for believing in me as a first year teacher to, to jump on board with that and run with it. So I went to that workshop for, for a day and got to learn from someone from Jostens as well as a school in Fredericton that had uh, been working with it for a while. And then when I came back, I knew I was like, yes, this is totally for me. We implemented it at the beginning of my my second year of teaching and have been running with it ever since. Um, mm. And they host every summer a, a conference. So now they've they've changed it to the global conference. It used to be a national conference, but they've now changed it to call the global conference to kind of encompass more of the people that attend. Because um, it's not just, you know, for the United States, it's for Canada and all across the world as well. Um, and just to be to be recognized that what we're doing here in little old New Brunswick is making a huge impact is, is very special. Um, mm. You know, it not only means a lot to me, but really it's those kids at my school. They're the ones that are making all the difference. They just make me look really good. <laughs> mm. they, yeah. They're the ones that do all the work. They're the ones, you know, that are in my classroom at lunchtime, organizing stuff for our events or cutting things out or saying, Hey, can we try this? Can we do this? Um, they're the ones delivering things, you know, they're the ones that do all the hard work. Um, but the award is, is to recognize educators that have made an impact, not only at their school level, but at the provincial or state level, as well as, um, nationally. So, you know, I've, I've done a lot of work with schools in our province to get, to try to get more schools on board, to have this as part of their, as their school. Cause for me, I couldn't imagine teaching without it. And, I've presented, you know, numerous times at the Jossens National Conference, at, or sorry, Global Conference now, I guess. And, um, you know, at our Canadian Student Leadership Conference and really, you know, willing to help anyone or any school and any, you know, these philosophies don't just apply to schools. They could be applied to anywhere, to a workplace, mm-hmm. you know, any anything, you know, like we even apply some of the different philosophies to what we do here at, at home, right? Because a part of it is, you know, celebrating and recognizing. So when we have a win in our household, you better believe there's pizza ordered on Friday night to, to celebrate that, right? So it's just sometimes taking the time for those little things to recognize and celebrate that are going to make all the difference because it doesn't have to be elaborate. It doesn't have to take a lot of time when you're starting out, it just has to be something little. Mm. And you're really referring to these ideas of leadership principles. And you and you mentioned right at the beginning of your um, statement with respect to your t- the teacher that influenced you, you said um, she helped you start on your leadership journey. So it's interesting that you just didn't see it as a, um, a career as a teacher, but you thought of it as a leadership journey. Um, is that how you like, how do you it feels like you're upping your, your, your role as a teacher. You're seeing like a bigger vision and, and the Renaissance, um, as a Renaissance educator, 
that you actually are influencing culture and climate. That's what it's all about. And obviously, through the stories that you're just telling, you're obviously impacting that. So do you see this as your leadership journey as something separate from your teaching career? Um, I Well, not always. Like, I feel that as teachers or educators, we are leaders every day. Like mm-hmm. we may not see it that way. Cause we think we unfortunately sometimes fall into the mindset and I've been there too. I'm just a teacher or I'm mm. just an educational system. Or I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, you are not just that you are a person that has the ability to lead and make a difference each and every single day in that classroom, in your school building, in your community, no matter where you are. So some of the leadership things that I'm involved in are outside of the classroom, but I see it as being intertwined with my teaching because part of it for me as well is building those students that I get the opportunity to work with into leaders. So that Mm. directly ties in, um, I feel to my job, right? I'm not teaching them a specific curriculum or course, but yes, it is part of my, you know, my school day, what I do, what I strongly believe in, because if it hadn't been for Heather when I was in, in high school, then I don't know if my leadership journey would have ever started. Right. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was part of part of school. And I couldn't imagine not having the opportunity or not having the passion and the drive to want to pass that along to my students as well. Mm. And and I can only imagine we lead by example, right? It's highest exactly. form of leadership. And I'm curious, what role does a teacher play in the lives of children that obviously you can see the direct impact? Mm-hmm. Yes, 100 percent. I mean, the role that we play, sometimes we don't even realize how much sure. of a role that we play, especially the last couple of years. Um, you know, I've had, we at, uh, at my school, we have something called advisory. And if you're not familiar with that, it's basically, um, it's kind of like a homeroom period, but you have the same students until they graduate. And it's a mixture of grade 9, 10, 11, and 12 kids. So it's quite nice. We get new grade 9s every year. And it's really neat to see those 10, 11, and 12s bring those grade 9s along. But that little group becomes like your school family, right? Mm-hmm. You're there. Like, I hardly ever teach any of my advisory students an academic subject. But I feel my role is to guide them along, to help shape them into, you know, responsible citizens. And they're just amazing. It's, I will not lie. It's hard to say goodbye to those kids after having them every day. Like, that's usually how I start my day with them it's hard to say goodbye to them, right? It's like making a little family and you have to say, you have to say goodbye to them. So, I mean, like, you know, I just think of some of the things too that our Renaissance team has done um, that makes an impact. I'll never forget one of the first couple of years, we do something that's called a Renaissance champion celebration every year. And it's student teachers nominate students to go that have made an improvement. And it could be in, in one of many areas in academics, attendance, or their behavior or attitude, or maybe they're just a student that, you know, works super, super hard in the classroom, but they're not, you know, the top academic achiever. We want to recognize those kids too. So they nominate those kids to go and, you know, at the, they get to miss class and they get free lunch and there's prizes and swag and all this stuff. And I was standing at the t-shirt table um, because, you know, apparently t-shirts need to be guarded. I don't know, but <laughs> I was standing there telling, you know, oh, this is this, this pile, small, medium, large, extra large, et cetera. And, you know, a kid came down the line and took, took the shirt and said, thank you very much. And got to the end of the table and just kind of stopped and was holding the t-shirt between his hands and looked down at it and said, you know, I didn't even think anybody knew I was here. Mm. Like, and I, unfortunately, 
do not to this day know what that child's name was because I had never taught that child. But the fact that a teacher saw them and nominated to go made all the difference for that kid. It made them feel seen. It made them feel loved, right? Like that they were Mm -hmm. being recognized in the building as a human being, not just someone that walks our halls potentially, unfortunately, as a ghost, right? That they don't feel that they're seen. So we all have the ability to make an impact on students. Yeah. And these are leadership principles, as you said in the beginning, that we can employ anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea of recognizing accomplishments, you know, big and small, because not every child is going to be academically inclined or be the best uh, person mm-hmm. for that or athletically or whatever. And you're right, your school, because my son attended, had loved advisory. He loved that little family feeling, loved his advisory teacher. And, um, and it offers so much uh, so that they can find out their likes and dislikes. What, what, what is it they want to do? And it, I could say, you know, those, some of those programs have really transformed his life. Um, but talking about the small little things like, a, you know, recognizing somebody with a T-shirt, you even, ta- I, I read, I think it might have been on your Instagram about um, calling students by their name, a very simple thing. But you say some students have said that some teachers never called them by their name. And I think that it's the power in in what you said, seeing and hearing people, yeah. right? Like, yeah, exactly. I think that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And, and it, what other things that do you do to go out of your way, you know, above and beyond your role as a teacher mm-hmm. to, to help st- students feel like they belong? Uh, well, one simple little thing, it just started by chance and a shout out to a couple of my U.S. educators. I believe it was Bradley Skinner and Darren Pepper that were doing this at their school um, on Fridays. And I started this before COVID had all started. It was called High Five Fridays. So I tend to stand outside my door in between classes to greet kids as they're coming into my room or even as they're walking by my classroom down the hallway. Um, but I started High Five Friday and it just, you know, when a kid would come into my room or even a kid that's not even in my class would walk by me. I'd say, hey, it's Friday, give me high five, right? So, and it was like the kids, I would have kids that would actually, they didn't have a class in our hallway, would come down and try to find me at the end Mm -hmm. of the hallway just to get a high five on Fridays, right? So like that's not, that doesn't cost any money, doesn't cost any extra time. I'm standing in the hallway anyway, greeting people. We did move to air high five Fridays on during COVID. (laughs) Um, COVID. You know, you gotta gotta be gotta be flexible. Um, And you know, it it was just something that that brought them joy. There was actually a student, and it's in my book. If it um, when you get the book, there's a QR code you can scan it, take it to the video of it. um, That I didn't. I had taught her in the past, but she was one of those kids that came to find me to get a high five, and it actually morphed into like a 10 second routine of high fives by the end of it. So, you know, it's, it sometimes seems so silly, but it's building those connections, right. Mm. In, in different ways that we might not necessarily think of, Um, you know, still, you know, I'm still asking the kids about their day, still calling them by name, but by adding that high five, it just adds, you know, a little element of fun to it. Right. Um, One thing too, that our, our principal does in the mornings is she stands at the front door with her coffee in hand and greets all the kids as they come in. Right. It says good morning to them. Like, and then, you know, she's there too. If, even if there were parents that came in with, with, with their children or whatever, but you know, it's just those little tiny things, you know, asking someone about their day saying, you know, giving them a compliment, Hey, I really like your shirt. Um, That makes all that difference because 
we don't like, we only know a small portion of each person's story. We don't know what these kids are coming from. Even our colleagues, we don't know what they're dealing with outside of those, those walls of the building. And we need to be, you know, mindful of, you know, if we can make a positive impact on them in the smallest way, by you know, calling them by their name or asking them how their day is going or complimenting them. I think that's, you know, more important than anything. And especially I think, you know, the last few years we've gotten so caught up in, in, you know, policies and and that sort of thing with COVID and don't get me wrong, we needed to be to keep everybody safe and things Mm -hmm. running the way they needed to. But I think, you know, I'm hoping now that we can start to get back to some of those fundamentals that may have gotten pushed off to the side and, and bring that connection back and start building those positive relationships again. Hmm. Yeah, the sense of belonging and recognition and seeing people. Um, can you talk about what kids are facing? Because we're hearing a lot of, you know, mental health issues mm-hmm. are on the rise for everybody because of what we've been through. There's been, you know, a lot of turmoil and roller coaster rides and restrictions of back and forth. And I really feel for the kids and, and teachers who've had to endure this. So can you kind of share what you see from your perspective? What do kids deal with in general, let alone through the pandemic? Yeah, well, I mean, like in general, you know, there's things that are always there, of course, unfortunately, you know, things like, you know, bullying and, you know, online bullying is is even more so now. And I think with COVID, it was probably even worse because people were home a lot more, right? And in front of right. in front of their screens. But, you know, when we were and when people were home and confined, you know, those students that identify because of their extracurricular activities, you know, whether that be through sports or arts or dance. Um, whatever their thing is, that being, you know, just completely taken away and shut down, people didn't really know what to do. They didn't, they didn't know like, okay, what do I do now with my time? Right? Like, that's the thing I'm passionate about. That's what drives me. That keeps me going. What am I going to do now? And, you know, when we came back to class, which was great to be back and that first year they were back every other day you know, sports and that sort of thing were kind of on and off, but not really. And then the uncertainty of, of, okay, I'm here this day at school, but I'm not here the next day. And I can't really see my teacher that day because you know what I mean? It's, it's not, it's not consistent. Right. So, and a lot of those kids, you know, for high school, when they were that day home, they're home all by themselves. And you have to be really, really driven and organized to want to, you know, make sure you're still doing your work on those days at home. You know, a lot of teachers would still have students log in for class. And, you know, those are the things that we try to teach them about being organized when they're in class with us. And it makes it even more difficult to teach it when they're online. I mean, we try our best um, to do that, but it makes it it makes it more difficult. So I think the biggest thing for those kids has been the yo-yo, right, of home learning, school learning, you know, extracurriculars are on, extracurriculars are off, they're back on again, you know what I mean? So they, they would just get back into it, and then kind of almost have the rug yanked out from underneath of them again. And, and it's been like that for not just the kids, it's for all of us, right? The, the Like you had mentioned, mm-hmm. the whole, the whole yo-yo has just disrupted everything. And, you know, them having to completely, basically relearn how to learn, I think has been a huge struggle for the kids. Yeah. Um, are you seeing, are kids feel like they're bouncing back? We always say the kids are so resilient. Are they bouncing back? Do you find? Um, I think they're going to, they're going to get there. I know they will. And, but just like anything, it takes time, 
right? Mm-hmm. So we've only really had, you know, this last school year, I don't want to use the word normal, but, mm-hmm. you know, this last school year was the one, you know, where they were in class, pr- with the exception of a few small chunks in class, you know, consistently most of the time, right? And then to yes. you, th- you throw in, you know, if someone gets sick and the, the different restrictions and they had to be out for so long, um, that just kind of throws another another wrench into things. But, you know, I think we may not see it right now while they're in school, but I think down the road, these kids are, are um, you know, will be hopefully thankful for the experience because I believe down the road, it'll make them more responsible when they, when it comes to, you know, their, their post-secondary, because sometimes, you know, you do have to take online courses and things for that. Um, but they will definitely have a different perspective and different outlook on things than, you know, some of the previous students that I've, that I've taught that haven't had to go through this. Mm, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, it, I feel for them, but they, you're right. They, they, there have been some good things that come out of it. it I, my daughter, you know, was used to being online. So when she went to school, uh, you know, even now there's still some online things in her summer mm-hmm. job. So there's just a comfort level with using it and presenting. So, you know, it's not ideal, but there are certainly some things that have come out of it. And also, you know, dealing with dealing with difficult circumstances, right? Yes. We, it's not always mm-hmm. a smooth ride in life. It's unfortunate that the the kids have to endure that and that those are the yeah, the high school years are those fun, you know, fun years generally. And um, so it's been a tough go, I, I can imagine for them for a little while. Yeah, but you know, yeah. like you'd said, like those skills that they learn, like, when we were learning online platforms, I was learning right alongside with them. Right. Right. So yeah. they will, those are skills that they will take into a workplace. That is, if someone had at that point had tried to hire me, I would be like, uh, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> right. So and even the ability to dance in the moment, like yes. whatever is being thrown at you, you're like, okay, this is what we're doing today. I mean, that is a huge skill to learn to, to just go, I'm just going to work with whatever I'm faced with right now. Exactly. Yeah. In a post-pandemic world, you say positivity and connection are more important than ever, mm-hmm. and we need to bring that connection back. Um, are these all the things, are you doing anything additional to help bring that connection back in your advisory and like having to work harder to make sure that that happens? Yeah, well, you know, in advisory, um, that's a great place to start to build those connections. So like in my, yes. my advisory, um, sometimes I feel like they think I'm a bit crazy, but that's okay. <laughs> um, because I'm always trying to get them to do stuff. Like every Friday, the kids know it's treat Friday. And all it is, it's very simple. The beginning of each semester, I hand around a calendar. Two kids in the advisory sign up for a Friday. And they coordinate and work together to decide what they're going to bring for treats. And mm. all we do is it's just like, you know, think of if your family was getting together and it was a potluck. They bring the treats in. You know, everybody gets a little bit of treats and we sit around and we chat, right? I have learned, you know, some amazing things about my students from those conversations. And Mm. I feel that that has built a level of connection and trust within our advisory that they know, okay, Friday, this is our time. If we have any issues or things we want to share, that's the time that we can share. But also, not only do they know that that's a safe place that they can share, having to work with someone else in the advisory that's not necessarily, you know, their friend or in their grade level gives them an opportunity to show leadership skills um, that they can organize and be reliable for the rest of the class. Um, So that has been something that, that we try to do Um, in, you know, through our Renaissance stuff, we're always, 
we're always trying to build connection. And we kind of do that sometimes through advisory because we have something that's called the KV Walk of Fame. So it's to recognize students for um, achievements in their extracurricular activities. And think of like, you know, the Hollywood Walk of Fame with stars. We do up blue stars and we write on them, you know, achievements that students have done in their extracurriculars, whether that be in school or outside of school. And it, we always encourage the advisory teachers and say, hey, listen, this is a good positive conversation starter. Ask your kids about what they have going on outside of school. You know, we've had different things like if anybody's local, you know, Nancy Morrison, she went to the Olympics to umpire softball, I believe it was. And so you better believe she got a star when that happened. Um, and, you know, we've had, I had a kid in my um, advisor a few years ago, he was a track runner and I knew he was going to nationals. So when he came back, I was like, Craig, how'd it go? Like, how was your, how was the nationals? He's like, oh, and I'm thinking, oh no, he, he got like, he got hurt or something happened. And he's like, I only got second place by, you know, one one hundredth of a second. I was like, what? I said, that's like amazing. So he got a star too. So it's just sometimes those little things that the kids necessarily aren't going to shout from the rooftops, but we still feel that it's important to to celebrate. And, you know, that's, you know, I've made a connection with that student now because I'm talking to him about his track and I actually remembered to ask him about it. So that makes him feel important that I value him. Right. So yeah, it's those, it's those little things that we need to do, like calling people by name, you know, we also do it for our staff, or we call it staffalty in Renaissance, but for our staff, um, you know, birthday bags, so any staff at the beginning of the year that wants to give us their birthday, no year required, just need the, the month and the date. Um, we do up, you know, during their birthday month, we will do up a little goodie bag and then a member from Renaissance will deliver it to them. Now you better believe they feel valued and seen and heard because who doesn't love to, to, to celebrate their birthday, right? Yeah. So that's building a connection with our staff. And when we were home um, during the, during COVID, we still tried to celebrate those birthdays by you know, online by celebrating them, doing a little happy birthday post for that mm. month for the for the staff. Yeah, that's really neat. I'm curious how then, you know, this leadership examples that you, you yourself and other leaders, you know, do uh, very purposeful and intentionally. How do you influence other teachers, do you think? Do you see that showing up that they're inspired to do something different or create more connection with their students or faculty members? Um, I think to like, like you'd said before, leading by example is, is huge. Like we find with this, all the stuff that we do for Renaissance, you know, by doing little things like the birthday um, club for the teachers. And um, we do also do something called tireless staff award by, so having those recognitions for the staff, therefore gets, you know, more buy-in for them when it comes to the students. Right. Mm, And to, to get them to kind of think outside the box and be like, Hey, can I, you know, who can I nominate to go to the Renaissance champion celebration? Um, you know, okay, let's see who in the advisory is, is doing extracurriculars. Who can I talk to about what's going on? Um, you know, are, we have an amazing staff at our school. I feel so blessed to work with each and every, every one of them and very, very creative. And I think, you know, part of it is the fact that there are so many opportunities now to, to lead. And, and it's like, we don't just need traditional, I don't want, I hate to word, use the word traditional, but what people might think is the traditional leadership style. We need all the different types of leaders. That's what makes us a strong team because, you know, things that I'm not good at, somebody else might be good at. And we need to bring mm-hmm. those people along 
to help, you know, make our team as strong as possible and to, to show, you know, other stuff and students even that just because, you know, you're not, you know, the student in front that's rah, rah, sis, boom, bah, that doesn't mean you can't be a leader. We still need those people that want to be, you know, behind the scenes, making sure things are running smoothly or the person that, you know, takes the lead on doing all the posters and, and artwork for the advertisements and that sort of thing. So I think sometimes it's just showing them that there are many different types of leadership and there's a type of leadership for everyone. Right. Good point. What have students taught you? Oh my goodness. How much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh my goodness. I have so many students that have taught me so much and I have would not be where I am today without them. And I will tell you this, there are, you know, there are students and that just, they touch your heart. They, they really, really do. And I'm actually, and this is such an honor dropping off a copy of my book today to one of my former students. And they, sorry, I'm going to cry. Um, they, uh, they just teach you so much and they open your eyes to, to a whole different perspective that, you know, sometimes as adults, we get so stuck in, mm-hmm. and I, I, in what our, I don't want to say stuck in our thinking, but like we see the world in a completely different way than they do. Right. They, they aren't afraid to take a risk to step outside of the box. And they've many times encouraged me to do that. So that's one thing I can't thank them for enough. Um, some of those kids have been my biggest cheerleaders Mm. and there's been days I've really needed that. So I hope that I've been their cheerleader too. And, you know, we're so lucky at KB because we have such great kids and they, they just, they don't realize the impact and the legacy that they're leaving, you know, on me as a teacher, on their fellow students on our school and you can tell that when, when, you know, at least my students, I can't speak for everybody, but when they come into my room that they're happy to be there, you know, that, you know, many of them have taught me just, you know, by putting a smile on your face can make the whole difference in, in someone's day, whether that be your own day or, you know, my day as a teacher um, that we always should make time to laugh in class, even during math. Yes, there is time to laugh <laughs> during math. Um, and it, it, uh, and to have fun, right? Like I'm so lucky I get to teach a dance 11 class each, like once a year. And those kids, oh my goodness, they, they are the definition of fun, like, and creativity. And they, I just can't, I can't thank our students enough. I, 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 I really don't have the words to say. And, and our Renaissance team, they, they are just, they are amazing. They are the, you know, we've had so many groups that have helped move our team forward and our current team, the ideas and the creativity. I'm just like, how do you guys do it? Can you like bottle that and sell it to me? Seriously. Um, they, they are just phenomenal and positive people and they want to see others, you know, be celebrated and recognized. And sometimes I feel like they don't get the self, like the recognition that they deserve, but they are very selfless in their leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those, those are great stories. And I, what you said, they don't realize their impact really stood out because I think 
if people really knew how much they mattered, mm. you know, students, children, um, and I think it's importance of telling and showing each other that they actually matter, whether this is inside a corporation, which that doesn't happen often, sometimes too, depending on where you work, yes. um, you know, or even within families and how, how do we create bigger and better connections and that people feel seen. So those are some awesome uh, lessons that um, students have taught you. You have your new book called Inspired. What can we expect from it? What, what are you sharing stories in it? Is it how is it laid out? Um, well, basically, it's you know, it's my journey as a um, from my first year teacher right up until uh, until now, and okay. talking. You know, there are like a memoir. It's a little a little bit like that, you know. Um, but there's also you know ideas in there for building uh, school culture and climate, as well as stories along those those lines. Um, I talked to, you know, obviously because the subtitle is Moments That Matter. In this story, there's a lot of, you know, little stories that have mattered to me. And some of them I didn't realize the impact that they were making on me until after the fact. Um, and there's the last chapter in the in the book is all about my mom and the impact that, you know, she's had on me. And mm. um, and there's also, of course, a, a chapter about leadership. Um, so, you know, it's it's basically my journey thus far, you know, and, and how it's the, the moments that have mattered to me and shaped me into the educator that I am today. So I hope that the stories will give, you know, tools to other people that will help open their heart and mind to, to help, you know, get them started on their own inspired journey. Mm. And what inspired you to actually write it? Because to write a book is not a, an easy thing. So what was the motivation behind it? Uh, well, I have a wonderful um, friend and mentor, and he's actually the one who um, put together and started the application process to, for me to, to be inducted into the Jocelyn's Renaissance Hall of Fame. Um, Frank Radneski in New Jersey, you know, he's someone who I look up to very much in terms of of leadership and, and Jocelyn's Renaissance. And he, you know, said to me, you need to start writing your stories down. You do because people need to hear them. Um, so I took his advice and he would, you know, periodically check in with me. Hey, how's that book coming along? And, <laughs> you know, the, you know, the, that's the great thing about social media and, and being able to connect is that, you know, he could do that, you know, check in with me and see how it was coming or if he could help in any way. And just having someone there to, you know, like I'd mentioned before, to be there, to be your support, your cheerleader, to kind of keep you on track is, you know, what helped me. And I started it during, you know, the pandemic because we were home and I had the time and it has evolved and changed quite a bit compared to what it, where it was at the beginning, which that's fine. Just like any process, things are going to, going to change and, and evolve and grow. And I'm just so thankful that, you know, for Darren at Road to Awesome uh, Publishing for the opportunity to to tell my story. And that's part of what they do is they raise the voices of others. Mm. And what impact do you hope it has? What do you hope people get from it? I hope that it, you know, it inspires others to to recognize those little moments in their life that they're going to that are going to make an impact on them to have gratitude for them. May, I hope it'll maybe inspire them to reach out to somebody that has inspired them to tell them that, hey, you've had an impact on me. Thank you for that, for making a difference. And I just hope that it shows other people that it doesn't matter, you know, where you come from. I, I grew up in you know, little old Charlotte County. 
New Brunswick, which <laughs> if anybody is from here, you know, there's not much in Charlotte County, Penfield to be exact. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from, what your experiences have been. We all have the opportunity to make an impact and we can do it each and every day. Sometimes you're not going to know it and sometimes you'll never know it. But when you do hear about it, cherish that moment forever. Like it's it's so special when you do get to hear about the impact that you've had. So don't ever let anybody tell you that just because you're from somewhere that's small or you're from, you know, New Brunswick that you can't do something like this. You totally can. The sky's the limit. Mm. And where can people find a copy of the book if they're looking for it? Um, you can buy it on Amazon.ca or .com. You can also get it on my uh, website. You can get a signed copy of, through there. It's just MelissaWright.ca uh, and click on the tab that says the book. Okay, awesome. And when is your induction ceremony for your award? It's coming up. It is coming up very soon. It's on July the 19th. So I'm leaving here on Saturday to fly to Orlando um, for the conference. And then that's part of the, that's the second day of the conference. They have a big awards gala. So that's, uh, that's during that. Well, that's awesome. Well, it's, it's so awesome to meet leaders like you in our community who are inspiring and impacting people in small and big ways. And it's so nice to see you get recognized for it. Is there anything that you wanted to say that I haven't asked you about? Um, I don't think so. It's just, you know, I'm so thankful for people like yourself as well that, you know, take the time to recognize and see the importance of, of uh, leadership and raising the voice of others through your podcast. Um, I think that's important. And, you know, sometimes we get, you know, busy and we don't realize the importance of, of just stopping and taking a minute and being able to do that. So thank you for what, for what you do and, and what you bring to, to leadership and the podcast world. Well, thank you so much. Well, I, I've been uh, delighted to have this conversation and meander through these topics of leadership. So I hope this uh, leaves people thinking about how they can they can have the impact in their communities. So thank you for this conversation, Melissa. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. That was such a great conversation. If you loved it too, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Please go to iTunes to rate and review this podcast. And if you want to continue the conversation, connect with Soul Sister Conversations on the Facebook and Instagram pages. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Dana Lloyd Leadership, on Twitter at CoachDana underscore Lloyd, and of course on LinkedIn. See you next week.